0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. And what's it gonna do? It doesn't matter how you're doing. Woo, Wheel of dealing, living in life, jet flag! Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please shut the hell up? You don't know what hard times are, daddy. The
1: cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I human rumble. What up? what up welcome to episode 54 of keep the kayfabe i'm mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling and we're gonna go over the honor and the pleasure of reviewing the great show that was all out that just took place this last sunday as me as well as all the keep the kayfabe boys were there to witness it firsthand and we're gonna go over our picks and we will review uh the card will go over our thoughts our highlights of the night and uh if you didn't check out our last show episode 53 be sure to subscribe to keep the kayfabe right now on itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you get your podcasts so you can uh be in the know of what we're doing and uh when our new episodes are dropping so before we get down to all that business let's get acclimated with the fellas real quick over in glendale somebody who keeps it regal steve grobschmidt how are you grabby Yes yes
2: yes yes
1: yes yes, yes. yes. yes.
3: yes. 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 I'd also Perfect. like
1: I'd like to uh,
4: Absol- I'd also like a quick shout out to new listener Glenn.
3: What's up Glenn? Friend of the channel.
1: Oh god. <laughs> How are you Glenn? Hope you're enjoying yourself on the road to your next wrestling show. Anyway, Let's talk to somebody who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt?
3: Meet us in the ring. We're the Mexicans. Oh yeah. Penta
1: says. <laughs> yeah. There was a big meetup in the ring this past Sunday. We're going to oh, get yeah. to that fabulous match. Can't wait to talk about that. But before we do that, let's talk to my guy. Oh, my God. It's Charlie Michael.
4: Nice. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
3: Charlie between Charlie between that song and Daniel Bryan's or or well, excuse me, Brian Danielson's new music. Which would you say is your favorite?
1: I sure hope they put the boom in his song because yeah, you're they right, Charlie. This song is yeah. tight. All they right. Got so well, he's once got to a... get it worked in. Yeah. How about
2: the yeah, boom? Yeah. Oh, get it worked in. oh yeah, once they get once they hear it, you know that boom's coming in. Adam Cole, baby. Listen to it. It's a fucking good song, dude. I've listened to it maybe 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> It's a quick little, it's a quick, it's a quick little, di- quick little diddy.
1: Yeah, it'll get you going in the morning. All right. So huge show, uh, down in Chicago this last weekend on Sunday, Labor Day weekend. If you, if you're ever going to be anywhere Labor Day weekend and you're a wrestling fan, try to travel to Schaumburg, Illinois next year, because my God, I went to All In, I went to the last All Out, and this past All Out surpassed all of those into one. And I got to think, they're only be getting better and better, and they're going to save the best for All Out in years to come. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I celebrate all of you, and I can't wait to talk about uh, the great night that we had. All the Keep the Cave boys were down there. We had a great time. We sat in the same row. It was the first wrestling show that we all saw together, Sitting yeah. all next to each other all at once, too. And what a first one to have, eh, boys?
4: It was the best of all time for me.
3: Yeah, same. And I've heard a lot of critics talking about how this is, in some you know sectors, the best wrestling pay-per-view of all time. And I'm sure there's a lot of qualifiers for that as far as recency, you know, what happened, debuts, stuff like that. But as someone who attended it in person, especially with you guys by far the best live wrestling show I've ever seen. And that's, you know, we've seen some good shows, but wow, this was incredible.
1: Oh yeah. The crowd
3: is hyped. That's why the best
1: time to get in there too. Oh my gosh. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. We had a pretty banging tailgate out in the parking lot. Um, we had a, we got there early and settled in. I'm so happy we did because, uh, we got something in our stomachs. We got uh, you know, the juice is flowing and on the way in there, it took us maybe about a mile wait in line to get in. But once the doors open, um it went pretty fast. Yeah.
2: Literally, Literally it took around a whole the building
1: around the whole building
2: to get in line.
1: right where we we <laughs> started got to at the door. But <laughs> yeah. you know, it's all part of the experience. Hey, we worked off some energy. It was pretty cool We worked off some energy. We got our steps in for the day. And we also got to see all the great shirts that everybody was wearing, uh, too. So that was pretty fun. Uh, Steve, I think your favorite was a mom that was saying, or was wearing a T-shirt, someone get these hands, or... What yeah. was it, Braun Strowman? Yeah, that was the Braun Strowman
4: yeah. I just love it because, you know, like, you know, that's not somebody that's, where, you know, like your buddy that wore yes. the Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. there. It's somebody that was just there with their son, and they thought, like, they could relate. I'll, I'll, and it was yeah, the I'll best. Wear, I'll, wear, yeah. I'll just I'll just wear a wrestling shirt. It
2: doesn't yeah. matter. They're I'm all the same.
1: the same. I found it, I found it very <laughs> oh, yeah. endearing. Yeah. Yeah, she looked like she could be a member on the Jerry Springer show, too. So it was just yeah. so fitting. I love that. Um, we had a lot of good times.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So let's get to the, the matches. Uh, we didn't really have to predict the opener, the buy-in that was kind of thrown in last minute because we had a match drop. Uh, Andrade versus Pac, so we're not going to cover that, but we will see that match coming up this Friday on Rampage, which will be great. Not the match of the night, but it will, it will be. be the match of the night, probably on Rampage, which Absolutely. is what I said, match of the night. Oh. <laughs> I, didn't say, I, didn't, I didn't say where.
4: I just said a B match of the night. Tacticality, just like just like Jericho's win,
3: just like that old Keith Lee bet that Mike and Charlie still have going to this day.
2: Oh, okay, Keith, that that bet's solid. That bet's solid in my favor, dude. He'll be he'll be an AEW yeah, before he wins it. that. <laughs> before that, he'll be an AEW before the Bears win the championship. Trust me.
1: <laughs> Let's go to the first match of the evening. It was between the champion, TNT champion Miro versus Eddie Kingston. And what a way to start off the night. It was a pretty smart move on their part. I didn't understand how over Eddie Kingston was with some of the fans. I mean, they blew up for him when, they, oh, when his music hit.
2: I think the Friday Night Line, it really helped get him even more over than he was.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's nuts. Yeah. yeah, you're totally right, Charlie. Yeah, redeem these nuts. It was on his t-shirt. Somebody even made a sign. So, yeah, he's got, he, that definitely bumped him up a couple matches for sure. And uh, this was a pretty interesting match because um, everybody took Miro except for Charlie. But I honestly followed Charlie and used my mulligan, which we're going to rebrand next prediction show. You'll have to wait and see what we're going to call it next. Uh, but I took Eddie Kingston. So Steve and Matt both took Miro. Me and Charlie took Eddie and uh, Miro came out victorious. Eddie uh, was not going to win gold tonight. And I should have stuck with my guns, but that's okay. What we're, did you guys think of this match?
4: I think we were all winners on that one. That was a great match. It was like a really high yep. opener. I that think was a I great did. way to open it. Yep. Yeah. Cause the crowd was super into it Eddie's just like, you know, he's gold and, um, he's as gold as his redeemed. He's not sure just gold, um, and Miro is awesome. I mean, so this was just it was just a hard-hitting fun match. I mean, yeah, that's a great got everybody fired up.
3: Yeah, 100%. I it's so funny when you see this show live versus on TV cuz I've watched parts of it back ever since seeing it in person and in person it it's just every element of it, you're so soaked into it on the night even before the bell rang, either guy could have won. Um, And even when the match started, it could have gone either way. I think taking a step back from that before we did the predictions and just thinking about longer term, who does it make more sense to have go over, right? I think Eddie Kingston's a great opponent for Miro, and we saw that at this pay-per-view. He absolutely was. Not quite the right guy in the right place at the right time, though. So fantastic match. I've actually watched that match back again um, really hard hitting. Steve and I were actually talking during the show just about how intense some of the shots were. and for being a pretty typical, you know, kind of middle of the road match as far as work rate goes, it really had us just hanging on by every moment of every move they did. So really good match. right
1: And to keep the momentum going, they threw on John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima next. Um, that was a pretty fun match, uh packed with some surprises, but before we get to that, it was unanimous by us us picking John Moxley, but I was to win, which he did, but I was very surprised to see Kojima, uh how dominating uh Kojima was against John Moxley in this match. He really threw John around.
3: Yeah, he did. This was interesting. Um I, I I've heard of Kojima before. Never seen any of his matches. Not really familiar with his work. But even within the first few minutes, I was into this match. And there were moments, you know, if you were there in person, there were moments during the match where I feel like the crowd started to turn on John Moxley a little bit, and Kojima sort of worked the babyface role right. more so. Um, but it totally worked. And by the end of the match, of course, Moxley's back in the crowd's good graces. Kojima got some really good offense in. And it always blows my mind when you get a guy from New Japan who, regardless of the language barrier, he can communicate with the crowd. He can work the crowd. People get behind him regardless. So really good match. Um, it's interesting getting a guy who has that much history behind him too to wrestle Moxley, just because you know, you're going to get something great out of it. And we definitely did. So all around great match. I think it's placement on the card really made sense too, especially in the early going.
4: I think, uh, you know, while the four of us all predicted the same, that Moxley was going to win, there's a gentleman next to Matt that was clearly not. It was hilarious. He was yeah. so he was so in like angry over the outcome, and it was like, how do you? I, I get if you're into you know Japanese wrestling or whatever, but
1: how can you be that tone deaf that Moxley was not going to lose? <laughs> yeah, he was exactly. not going to lose that match. This guy, yeah, yeah. this he's, guy he's, actually um, looked like he was at a Lord of the Rings comic con too, yes. or yes. like had a fairy like wishes he married a a fairy princess Tinkerbell or something. He was pretty nerdy. I don't know if he had it totally together, but you know, God love him. I'm sure he had a good time, but yeah, great moment.
4: So yeah, that was a good, no, that was a fun match. It was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot of background either other than I just appreciated it for what it was. It was just a hard hitting, awesome beat down back and forth. And yeah, it was to Matt's point, at the height of the match, the crowd was almost split 50 50, which I guess speaks to a lot of things. Chicago's a smart audience
1: that kind of knows their way. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And then uh, at the very end of this match, a huge surprise. No, This was on nobody's radar. And who would have possibly thought uh, yeah. that Sendow uh, Suzuki? Is that how it says No,
2: Minoru Suzuki. Let's call it, is this Minoru oh, my Suzuki? Bad, my bad,
1: yo. Right, one of the hardest hitting guys in New Japan, from what I understand. He's a, uh, uh, he's got to be over fifty, right? Yeah, he's, he's, well, I think he's like my age. Yeah, like
2: fifty-four, fifty-five. He's up there.
3: Yeah, he's definitely one of the hardest hitting guys in Japan. Definitely, oh, he's insane, yes. dude. He's yeah, insane. He- His matches are scary to watch because everything about him is so believable. And, you you know, I almost. And he looks
2: mean. He looks tough.
3: Yeah, for sure. And the exchange we saw between him and Moxley was intense. We were fortunate enough to see them exchange elbows as, like, you know, the post-match angle, and that's his thing. And Jon Moxley and Suzuki have wrestled, I believe, in New Japan once before. And it was such a hard-hitting match. Um, I would love to see it again, and we are going to get to see it again. Actually, this Wednesday on Dynamite from Cincinnati, John Moxley's hometown. So, pretty awesome that he gets to wrestle. I think the guy that he has said is one of his favorite New Japan guys to wrestle in his hometown. So, really looking forward to seeing this.
2: Yeah, if you Google that, you, you want to really see how brutal this dude is. If you want to Google um, uh, Suzuki versus um, versus Asuka over in Japan before she became WWE. He uh he roughed he roughed her up. <laughs> dude, it's 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 pretty wow. intense, dude. It's pretty intense, dude. It's like damn dude. It's like cause he just has that reputation and like it don't matter. He he'll if you if you want it, if you want him to lay it in, he'll lay his shit in, dude. It's crazy. Crazy,
1: dude. I will definitely have to go see yeah, that. Check, that. Yeah, sounds, look it up, dude. Uh, insane.
4: If anything, it'll be a nice reminder of who Asuka is.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> very true the next match was quite the thriller it was dr Britt baker dmd current champion and she came out with K- uh, jamie hadar and rebel and she did defeat chris statlander for the women's um aew championship and chris was out there with orange cassidy this was an awesome, awesome match. This was one that I was definitely looking forward to just because of how much of a specimen Statlander is. But also, I am just a huge mark for Britt Baker. I'm pretty much obsessed at this point. Now that she's worked in the Pittsburgh Sunrise, which should have been the tell of the guest that was oh, I there. It was yeah. the outside chance, the fact yep. that she used it. Yeah. We should have known when we saw it. It was like, well, why would she ever use the Panama Sunrise in AW if that move is still in nxt or wwe we should have been like wow cole must be here but um, you know i knew it was coming the crowd popped hard yeah eventually but i wasn't sure about the night of
4: the night
2: yeah but she uses the curb she uses the curb stop too though that doesn't mean seth rollins is coming
4: no i wish he was man (laughs) that's a good point
2: she uses the curb stop a lot (laughs)
1: chris statlander did get over in this match uh with with the loss she put on a hell of a show took some huge bumps off the apron off the top turnbuckle and i think she's one of the most athletic women in AEW. so it was the perfect first person to debut the pittsburgh sunrise on so uh what did you guys think of
3: this match
2: it was good did it serve this purpose statlander's best match
3: yeah, I would I would totally agree. Statlander's best match by far. It was interesting, too, seeing... like, I mean, I don't know that I've seen her wrestle one-on-one ever since she got injured. She's really been mostly in tag matches or coming out with the best friends. So I think this was a great reminder of how good of a wrestler she can be if given the opportunity, yeah. especially with how much she's gotten in shape as of late.
4: Yeah, I might be biased, but I think she's a better wrestler at this point than Britt Baker, and I think it was a good... I mean, Britt Baker had easily her best match, I think, this, this weekend. I think she's had a few of them, but she's oh, been, inc- wow. she's been inconsistent. Thunder Rosa. Her yeah, and Thunder Rosa, dude. Yeah, yeah that, that was short-term yeah, memory might be, there. Yeah,
2: yeah, that might be her second best, but yeah, her and Thunder Rosa were but really good. I do
4: think she's still at that point where she's oh, a work in progress. Where she Oh, needs a totally. Strong, I mean, she needs a strong opponent, and I think yeah. it helped her out she's totally improved just remember where she was a year oh, ago. Yeah, just yeah even
2: rest, wrestling wise she's so much better
4: yeah so i mean yeah that was a fun match i think um you knew Britt was gonna win we all knew Britt was gonna win but it, but it, it was good and, and i also like again kudos to AEW. i've been having a hard time figuring out what they're doing with brit where they won't make her they still she's still cowardly heel even though everybody loves her but that match was so good that again, it's not like the fans shit on Chris Chris Statlander. They uh, they liked both of them. You know, there was a good chance going both ways. Just appreciating
1: it for what it was. Matt, did you have anything on this one?
3: Not a whole lot between what these guys said. I mean, I would agree this was Britt Baker's best match um, beyond Thunder Rosa, of course. That was a classic. Um, but definitely Chris Statlander's match. Kind of like I said earlier on. I think the match overall was great. Again. I think one thing you can anybody can say about all out that holds true is I think the order that they placed all these matches on the card could not have been any better. It was perfect. Yeah, in my good.
2: Hand. Yeah, good oh. match
1: placement.
3: Yep, for sure. It really was. And I think this match is no different.
1: Yeah, and speaking of unbelievable match placement, uh, the next match that followed uh, Britt and Chris was the Lucha Brothers with um, Alex Abrejante's, Versus the Young Bucks. Pretty much the match. Everybody came to see if you're not a huge CM Punk, Darby Allin, Mark. I know we were. We were all in agreement that Lucha Brothers were going to win, except for one lone wolf, and that's Charlie Michael. He went out on his own, thought the Young Bucks were going to keep their titles a little longer. Yeah, We were all in agreement, Steve, Matt, and I, uh, that the Lucha Brothers, this was their time. You could just tell from the intro of them coming out. They were just lit in the ring just like caged animals in there. And honestly, when the Young Bucks were coming out to their theme music, everybody was chanting Sierra Romero louder than the Bucks music. I mean, you couldn't hear the Young Bucks intro music. And that was so cool. This match was 22 minutes long. Um, It had me on the edge of my seat for 22 minutes long. I mean, it was, I mean, the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, they're almost too smooth and how good they are. They work together. It's just unbelievable. It can't even be described nor mimicked. We'll never see a, a matchup feud like this probably ever again to their style who do it better than these two guys. And I was really happy to see uh, these two teams, I should say. And I was happy to see the Lucha Bros finally get their uh, the gold wrapped around their waist now. Oh, they've yeah. been there since day one. And uh, we love you, young bucks. But, man, I'm so happy for the Lucha Bros and um, all they work for to get there.
3: I agree. This, uh, I think the my favorite parts of the match, um, first and foremost, was actually before the match started when they had live music for their intro, which I haven't seen live at a show before. I mean, NXT TakeOver used to be really well known for doing this, but I think it's one of the first times AEW has done this. So that was really cool. Pentagon and Phoenix come out in these Aztec traditional headdresses that were just super cool. From that moment, I, I remember looking over at Steve, just thinking, "Yeah, they're winning this match because what, what all this effort to just <laughs> yeah, exactly. to have them lose a the to Bucks." Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was a really cool moment. I think after the match, um, actually when Pentagon got the pin, um, you know, and I was telling these guys in the moment during that. Actually, after the show was over, I actually had like tears in my eyes a little bit, just because the build during the match was so suspenseful. And Charlie and I were talking about how. They did such a good job building this match to the point where I was thinking, I swear to God, if the Young Bucks win this, I'm going to lose my shit. Because the people would have rioted, dude. They oh, yeah, people would yeah, have rioted. They would
2: have lost it, dude. <laughs> you, <laughs> you could cut the
3: tension with a knife. Um, They would have so, had a
2: serious problem. Yep.
3: Yeah, so it was a big moment of relief at the end when they did win. The third and final thing that um I found really cool about the match wasn't even during the match or the match itself. Um, During the post-show media scrum, Tony Khan actually had the Lucha Bros come out and answer a bunch of questions. And Phoenix, um, actually, I, maybe it was Pentagon, actually. I, I don't remember. But one of them said that they would love to have a rematch with the Young Bucks maybe yep. a year or two down the line where they do a hair versus mask match, oh. which I think would be you imagine? the most yep. amazing rematch. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was crazy, bro. Oh gosh, yeah.
4: I mean, I could see them. I could, all four of those guys would be down for that. That would be amazing. No, it was an outstanding. Oh my god. I mean, what can you say about that match? It was just one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And um, yeah, I you know I've said this before on the show. I am a smart fan that has traditionally liked the heels in my life. But the Bucks are so damn good at what they do that I fucking hate them. And I would have I was getting anxious and like I I would have been furious if they won. Even knowing full well they're doing that, you know, it's a role and all that. I was emotionally invested that I'm like the fucking Blue Chip Brothers better win this damn thing. And they did. And I just oh man, it was like euphoric. It was so great to see them win.
3: As one of the best friends sitting alongside Steve, I can attest to that. There was a, I think up until this match, Steve and I were just kind of, you know, chatting about the matches as they would go, but just kind of pointing out, you know, objective things about them. Nothing really, not getting emotionally invested in anything. I'll say that. But there was definitely a moment in this match, and I don't remember the exact moment, but I think it was when the Bucks had done something else, killed another moment of hope for the Lucha Bros during the match, where Steve's frustration got the best of him, and he just started yelling at the wrestlers in the ring, and <laughs> that's when I knew this match was special because if it can break one of us, it can break. Yeah, one. I love it. That's wrestling at its best, right there. They sucked you in.
1: They sucked, man. Yep. Charlie, do you have any remarks on this one?
2: Yeah, no, I mean yeah, like you said, being there, Lucha Bros had to go over because it might have killed the mood of the show. But I would have I would have waited a little bit longer just because now the Bucks were over that show the Bucks were over his heels. People were saying fuck the young bucks. They were hating on the young bucks. They finally got over his heels where people weren't cheering them. And I think a little bit longer would have made him solid heels. But now it's, well, we'll see where they go, but it's like they have no title, so then being heels doesn't doesn't matter anymore because they have nothing that no one wants or chasing them for. So being a heel is no oh, big deal. You're, you're not in the title picture, so what does it matter? But we'll see what they do. It'll be entertaining because they got the, uh, we'll talk about it later, the, the big guy coming out with them, AC. But it's like where do you go with this next because –
3: You don't have
2: your title. You don't you can't brag about all your rich shit, how you have all the Jordans and you have all these clothes and all these you know, the stuff and you have the titles, so now what? But
4: we'll see. I'm sure they have it Uh, planned out. You know what you know what they do have still that the Lucha Bros do not have, and that's Don Callis. Yeah. (laughs) The invisible hand.
3: Oh no! You they know? have something better in Alex Abrahantes.
4: <laughs> now what
2: they now what they should do is they should have a rematch soon and just steal it from him and get it back.
3: I'm <laughs> still wondering,
2: and that'll really piss off the fans. Oh to my make god! Which would make him even bigger heels. Yeah, I you know that's not a terrible idea.
3: Uh, Charlie, I feel like you've been hanging out with Vince McMahon way too much.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean no, that's a.
4: No, I actually think that's
2: a yeah, pretty. That's, that's a I, pretty. I, I,
4: I don't want to see that happen, but that's that, that'd be good shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's 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 not Vince's booking, but that's a way to keep them in the mix because now it's. I mean, they're still number one contenders, but now it's going to be. In, well, it can't be Jungle Boy. It can't be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because their faces. They get – it I mean, I, I guess AEW would do that, but. But it's like who's the number one contenders now? FTR. FTR. What about Proud and Powerful? They just they, they beat them. But you know
4: what? They're yeah, they're like different kind of faces. I think they they'd work against the Lucha Bros. So yeah, one of those two teams could figure it out. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get those teams will be good. So they got. Options. We'll
2: see where it goes. They got. They got a lot of options. But yeah, like it's they, like you, get, but thing you guys were saying too. With Adam Cole coming in now, maybe they'll do the three the three the six
4: man tag thing. Oh, that'd be great. There's a lot of mileage yeah. there. Yeah. um one one thing too is you know as we discussed andrade and Pac got pushed i wonder if they're abandoning or they're still committed to this weird story where andrade's trying to recruit the lucha brothers because you know his whole thing was, uh... Pac was his whole thing was Pac was holding him back but now they want it all so i wonder what they're going to do there if they're just going to stick with Pac, or maybe Pac will turn on them or something but that's still there and aew doesn't typically dump stories easily so I wonder if they're nope. gonna, I don't know what's coming maybe uh, Andrade I'll find a team to challenge him yep yeah, there you go yep to'll team up with somebody you never know and uh, maybe it'll be Andrade and mojo
2: Raleigh against them or something sweet <laughs> and that and that began and, and that and that began the downfall of the oh, 2.0 yeah <laughs> that
1: began. Go ahead, Mike. all right well there's no doubt about it that the young bucks this was the perfect ending to their awesome heel run congrats to them for what they accomplished to get the entire um now center to say fuck the young bucks that was quite the accomplishment fuck and the it was young. quite the oh yeah yep. one. so um then like you we were we've been saying all night throughout the show was Perfect uh, match placement. They put the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale in right after this match. Kind of nice because it gave people a chance to go take a piss, get another beer, uh, take a breather for a second. You know, you see a lot of women come out, put on a good show, but still the big reveal was at the end. And this match was 22 minutes. So people had pretty much 20 minutes to get their shit together uh, before they brought out ruby 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 soho that was pretty awesome <laughs> she comes screaming out people yep. are going ballistic Char- charlie gained uh one back on all of us by picking ruby soho to win this match which is a great call by him awesome easy is is booking um, right yeah you probably could have seen it coming from a mile away and i'm glad one of us called it because it makes us look like we know what we're talking about so thank you charlie but um yeah this was a fun match i mean ruby debuted she had a lot of emotion. she hugged the uh ref right afterwards they probably yeah, had that a that was lot great of history together too they do it was just a great feel good moment and uh and it just bulks up the depth on the women's roster for a oh, yeah. now did anybody else want to make any remarks before yeah. we move ahead
4: yeah. So, I mean, I don't like battle royals anymore in my life. I te- they tend to just be a cluster. Yeah. Yeah. But, totally. And, totally. But this one was one of the better ones. And I think cause they kind of, and I think that stipulation actually helped it cause it wasn't like 20, 30 people starting in the ring. It was like, you know, they had, like they had time to do a couple things. Like you got to see a little of the interplay between uh, Ty Conti and Penelope Ford and, um, and the bunny and uh, Anna Jay, you know, that story developed a little bit. You had uh, Nyla Rose betray uh, um, Jade Cargill, Cargill. like weeks into their partnership. So that was pretty great and uh, stuff like that. And I think, uh, and then Ruby just stole the show. So, and I mean, it was so great that how the crowd was into it and like welcomed her and it was really emotional for her. It was just, yeah, their division is, I mean, Everybody used to always tout the WWE's women's division, and I don't know, you know, AEW's maybe doesn't have the sheer talent, but they're going to pass them pretty quick.
3: I disagree with Steve in the sense that I, I've i always kind of been a fan of battle royals, I'm, especially the Royal Rumble, um, but I do think the casino battle royale, the format of it really hasn't done well in the past because it can get clunky. There's a lot of room for production errors and things like that. Um, I would go as far as to say, I think this casino battle Royale of all the ones AEW has done so far is by far the best one. Um, now part of that might be biased because we were actually there to see it in person. Sure. But I do feel kind of like Steve said there was a lot of subplots during the match that made it a little more interesting. The Joker was genuinely a great surprise versus in the past where they've had some soft debuts of you know people who are kind of known you know amongst the hardcore wrestling fans. Whereas in this case, you have a former WWE women's wrestler you know debut um, with a huge pop by the way too, which was really exciting to see. So I think it was a really good match in that sense. Um, You know, seeing it live, like I said, I'm sure helped. I do like that uh, this time around when they would introduce each suit, the wrestlers would each get their own individual entrance with their video and music. It was cut short a little bit, but I think it's, you know, moving in the right direction. And if they're going to stick with this format, I think they are clearly trying to make it better, at least a little bit each time.
1: Yep. I thought I liked uh, the shortened, you know, music and visuals kept it moving you know i thought it was a good show good length of time like i said right in the middle of the card um and yeah really looking forward to see who ruby riot uh goes on a mission i don't think she'll take it off a of brit right away but um it will probably percolate a pretty good story uh throughout the promotion
4: i also just wanted to say real quick i wanted to say real quick too i thought it was great how like so you know some of these secondary stars like diamante big swole and uh sky blue uh dispensed some real um hard-hitting action there
1: oh yeah very high fly in and um have fists of stone yeah all right moving right along we have mjf versus Chris jericho and if chris jericho lost this match Chris Jericho would no longer wrestle in AEW, which I thought would be total bullshit. And that's why I thought MJF would uh, take this match. Steve thought he would take this match too. Um, Matt and Charlie stuck with Chris Jericho. I thought MJF was going to win just because it was going to be more long-term booking, give Chris a break, and they can always break that agreement. I mean it's just a stupid match stipulation. It's wrestling.
2: No, AEW sticks to their stuff, dude, cuz look at the Cody thing, dude. They stick to it. And I don't think they're I don't think they want to start doing that stuff to their fans. If they if they set a step, they're sticking to it, dude.
3: Hmm.
1: Well, I think they would stick I'm not saying uh I'm not saying they'd come back right away. I would probably take like a year off and I'm sure the fans would pretty much want to see a match by him and they wouldn't be too upset about it. So, I don't know. That's where yeah, my head was at. I, but what yeah. was stupid was I should have picked Jericho because if MJF is wearing a 3 and 0 shirt over Chris Jarablow, there's no way MJF is going to beat him four times. So, um, it was a pretty good match. There was a little hijinks at the end. They had to go to a photo review, it was some old school stuff where. Uh, the ref did not see Chris Jericho's foot on the ropes during the three count. They had to go back and had a big hustle and bustle, get the crowd worked up in a frenzy. What happens? Chris Jericho is uh, back on to wrestle MJF. Uh, the match can keep going. He hits him with uh, – he didn't even hit him with the Judas effect. What, do he get him in the walls of Jericho and make him tap, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Right. So, um Yeah. How do we think uh, Chris Jericho looked in this match? Because MJF looked really good. I would say uh, MJF carried this match for sure, if anything.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think in terms of work rate and stuff, yeah, absolutely. MJF's carrying it for sure. Um, you know, when we talk about the predictions for this match, I think all of us won in a sense, right? Because MJF won, but then Chris Jericho won. So in turn, we all win. Um, but I, I, I agree. I will say I'm not really a fan of the dirty finishes. I I've just watched way too much WWE in my life where now I'm just, you know, it's ruined it for me, but I do think this particular match, the way they framed it, especially with the stipulation they had in place, it made perfect sense to do it this way. You brought the crowd down so hard when you see Chris Jericho lose the match. We're all accustomed to what the referee says and their, their decisions final as we've been trained to think, um, but kind of like you said, Mike, the photo finish, the review at the end with the two referees talking it over and then deciding to restart the match, such a great feeling. And I know we've seen that in the past. I think there was a match back in WWE in like the late 90s where Mick Foley had the same thing happen in one of his matches and came back to win. So it has been done well before. It's just been a really long time since they've pulled this off. And what a great match to do it in. I think before the false finish in the beginning... People were kind of into the match itself, but not as much as they could have been given the stipulation. But I'll tell you what, the moment Aubrey Edwards and Justin Roberts gets on the mic and says that the match will be restarted. This crowd was red hot for the rest of the match. Oh yeah. You knew the fi- the finish was coming. You could sense, I mean, MJF already, you know, got screwed out of it. Well, of course, Chris Jericho is going to win after that. Why would they do a double screw? Cause it just, yeah. it's not good booking in that sense. So I, yeah, I think this match was done really well. It, it was a smart move to get the fans really invested in it if they weren't already.
1: Yeah, well, that's, sorry. that I mean, with the weird stipulation like that at the end uh, where they could just reverse the call, I thought that's what they could probably do a year from now, just find some weird stipulation in the, in the fine print. They could just make something up and bring Jericho back. It's kind of like a microcosm of what I thought would happen long term.
2: I think it's stupid because you get to that stupid WWE taking shit back and just forgetting shit. I, I don't like that. I'm glad that I'm glad they don't do that because it's just it just makes for a wonky anything can happen, not, nothing means anything kind of deal. You know, I want to like if you say you're done, you're done. You know.
4: I think I'm interested to see, like, I, one thing I, you guys talked about, I mean, I don't want to go into the match because you said it all. I thought it was a good match. It played to Jericho. You know, Jericho had a good opponent. He looked better than he's looked recently. Um, but in terms of the stipulate or the, uh, you know, the false finish and all that, what I don't hope is that they don't keep this feud going mm-hmm. on. I think, we, I think we all need to be done. We all need to be done with it for a while. I yeah. think this has been going on for, it's, it's be- going on for two years now. Yeah. And it's I just hope I don't know where it goes. I don't know what Jericho does. I mean either way I think he's gonna take time off for like a tour. But mm-hmm. um but I think um hopefully I don't know where Jericho goes from here. It's obviously not the world title picture yet.
2: Oh, I, I think he's out of title picture forever.
4: Yeah. Oh I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I meant yeah. um MGF is is not going to be in the title picture as long as Omega is there so I think we got to yeah. find something next and maybe it's one of these new names coming I don't know but he's got they got to figure out something for him yeah but yeah, well,
2: I listen to Bust It Open bully Bully he was saying maybe make him disappear for a few weeks and then come back you know because he already lost because he can't come back to dynamite talk and shit because then the people will be like you tapped out you tapped out you tapped out so disappear and disappear right. for a while let it cool off and then come back with whatever, whichever way they're going to take them.
4: That's a good call.
3: Yeah. Agreed. Especially with the pinnacle and the inner circle kind of falling by the wayside. I think they need to let this feud just settle out for a little bit and then figure out a new direction.
1: The last three uh, matches, we were all in agreement, so we don't have to review who picked what we all picked the winners. And after the Jericho uh, victory was the match that everybody came to see. I mean, we, we, I've never seen so many CM Punk shirts in an arena before in my entire life. I mean, you could basically look in every single section, and there's probably about 80 people wearing a white CM Punk shirt, the official one. Those are just the official ones that they're wearing, not the ones that might have been black or a different color to decipher. But, I mean, it was packed with CM Punk shirts. And uh, Darby got a pretty good ovation when he came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all love Darby, and we all respect Darby. And I'm glad he got the love. There was actually a split in the crowd where people were cheering for Darby, cheering for Punk. But, I mean, by far, everybody knew uh, CM Punk was going to win this match. And it started off a little slow, wouldn't you say, Matt?
3: Yeah, I think so. And part of that I feel like was, you know, it's a CM Punk's first match in seven years. So I'm not shocked that it started out as slow as it did. Quite frankly, going into it, I didn't know what to expect. And I don't think a lot of people did. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I just got back into pro wrestling around, I want to say 2015. So right after I think CM Punk had left WWE. So I'm not too familiar with his work. I understand he was in Ring of Honor, did had a pretty good run in WWE for a while um but I don't know his signature moves I couldn't tell you like you know what style he works things like that so for me this was a really new experience um you know we've all watched Darby Allen as part of AEW and you know documented that on this podcast but seeing the two in the ring together was really interesting um but as the match started out slow it did pick up you know over time gradually and I think by the end of the match it had us all won over. I, I don't think there's any doubt that it was a great match. Um, Darby sold like crazy. Did some insane moves. Punk did a great job countering the coffin drop just by sitting up and almost laughed. You know, kind of sarcastically or ironically in you know Darby's face. Like, why hasn't anybody just done this to avoid the coffin drop? So <laughs> I thought I thought it was really clever on both their parts. It was a great match.
2: Good match. I mean, what more is there to say? You know, I thought it, they worked it perfectly. They started slow, built up, and then um, Punk escaped a couple, or uh, Darby escaped a couple, or one time from getting to go to sleep. And then, I it was a good match. Could comeback match. We'll see where he goes next. That's going to be interesting. Not. I mean, they have tons of tons of ways they can go story wise with Punk. And I don't know where Darby goes either, but. There's a lot of, you know, good matchups and a lot of good stories to tell because he got a lot of good characters now. So we'll see.
4: Yeah, I think um, one possible way they go with it is I said this, I think, when we were traveling. But, um, you know, Punk had his wrist showed it, you know, he and Sting and Darby shook hands and all that they might rehash that on the next show where like, you know, they call each other out and they're like, and then uh, 2.0 and Garcia will mess with them. And then we'll, at some point either on TV or whatever, probably not the next pay-per-view that's too far away, but I have a feeling we're going to see sting Darby and punk against 2.0 and Garcia in the weeks to come. And that'll get a little mileage. And then I don't know where it goes from there, but I, I could see that. But uh, no, I mean, just to close off this one, I think uh, Punk. Yeah, it started off slow, but it really was a well-told good match. Not all of them have to be these crazy fast barn burner, you know, like spot fests. I think kind of like the the style that uh, Christians brought to, w- or to AEW is just good tell- good storytelling, slower matches, but well done, crisp. There were some shout outs in there to, I guess, a... Uh, uh one two three kid uh bread Hart match like they actually emulated some of the move sequences from it going if you look on twitter some people are kind of i think i think uh sean waltman pointed it out too but like that like there's an opening sequence with a lockup and like a flip and stuff where it was almost verbatim from that match so they were doing little things in their match to call out like some legendary matches so it's pretty cool
1: yeah Yeah, there definitely was, like, great sequences in there, great storytelling when uh, Darby got bumped out of the ring with the go-to-sleep. The sequence before that was great. And you could see just Punk with a sparkle in his eye again. And, like, a genuine, like, re-like, sigh of relief that he's in a company where he can be himself and have fun and you know it helps when people are loving you and you're getting paid shitloads of money but he genuinely i feel is happy to be there and is going to do a lot of positive things for the promotion for a long time now amen and then what we said would probably happen would be Paul White and QT Marshall's match would go on after this one we thought it would go maybe five minutes it was three minutes and ten or three minutes and 10 seconds did the job let everybody take a little breather go have a little cigarette go take a piss uh Paul White dominated QT Marshall um and Aaron solo and Nick Comerado and whoever else was out there you got to make the show look good you got to make lit Paul Paul might look good out there. So does anybody want to say anything about this one or should we move ahead to the main event?
3: I'll just sum it up it as match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Phoenix dive off the cage was fantastic, but man, that choke slam just never. Yeah, and, they,
4: and they tell in the crowd to shush so
3: he can give the chops, man.
4: Oh yeah, and that never gets
2: old. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he does it when he
4: does it four times in a match, it does not
1: yeah, get old. Never gets old. Actually, Actually, I did just remember one thing about this match. The dude that was so on board with um, yes. the dude that John Moxley wrestled was genuinely oh, a yeah, huge, said that. uh hater of QT Marshall. Yes. He wanted QT Marshall to make sure that he hated him. But there was also a guy in front of us who was equally as geeky who was a huge QT Marshall fan, was like yelling for qt screaming for qt when qt's music hit, was all buzz. kind of like uh when me and charlie were at nxt takeover how the undisputed era guys were silent the whole night and then when the undisputed era music hit just like lit up and just like came alive this was this guy and then when qt lost in three minutes he he like literally put his hands up and was like that's it like he was, he was looking he was looking yeah, for a four star match. What would you expect? Jeez. That's hilarious. I oh. love it, yeah. Disillusion fans. So that did that did put a little um little extra into that match for me observing that guy. So Alright, so huge main event left. Uh we we did an awesome job, I think, as a group. Um, you know, hanging in there because you really don't want to miss a minute of action. Of all, uh, you got to time out your bathroom breaks. You got to time out your uh, merch runs. And uh, Matt and Steve did an excellent job. I think they remained in their seat pretty much the whole show. Did you not, boys? Yep,
3: you guys didn't move. We I did. Guess, yeah, I I was smart enough to right before the buy-in match started, just run to the bathroom. And I don't even yeah. think I had to go, but I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna make this make it count. sure and. If, if it happens, it happens. I'm not missing a match. And we did yeah, you buckled in smart.
1: And you had a great time. We all had a great time. And Amen, man. you know, what was a great time? Kenny Omega with Don Callis coming out to face Christian cage for the AEW world championship. We knew it was going to be a great match. It was 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes long, 21 minutes and 20 seconds basically. And, um, Kenny Omega was the victor, and Don Callis put on a hell of a show to go along with it. But where Kenny Omega uh, was victorious is he took Christian Cage up to the top rope and laid the one winged angel on him for the one, two, three. Was second it the rope. second rope, Charlie? Yeah, second. You know, it's funny you oh, say that though. All the way. No, I
4: read, I read a couple articles that said top rope, and I'm like, I don't think it was. So yeah, mm-hmm. you were not the only I one thought it that thought that. was the top
1: rope.
3: Yeah. Even yeah. Meltzer and Brian Alvarez were arguing about this on wrestling observer radio. And I, oh, I really couldn't tell you what it was. I, I think it was the, the second rope. Yeah. I feel like it was the second the rope. rope. I think Kenny was sitting on the top rope to get the whole thing situated. And then he okay. stepped, yeah. so it was a little yeah, bit, that could
4: big, be. but I, yeah. I mean,
3: regardless, either way. Yeah. Regardless, it was a, a super over the top version of the one winged angel. Um, Quite frankly, I could not tell you what happened in this match besides a blur of V-triggers. There was a spear through a table. There was a spot where Kenny stomped the table on Christian's head. Honestly, after all the other matches we'd seen up to this point, there was so much good wrestling. It got to the point for me, at least, where it was starting to all just blur together at this point. Granted, it was still a fantastic match. I, I don't want to take anything away from it, but... I think when you put out as many good matches as AEW does, they all do kind of start to blur together, especially when you're there in person and you're just physically starting to get, you know, to the end of all the energy you can give for the night. Um, but regardless, this was a really good match. I enjoyed it. And like Mike said, Kenny Omega, one-winged Angel off the second slash third rope, Christian retains, not Christian, excuse me, Christian loses, Kenny Omega retains the AEW world title.
4: Ooh. Yeah. I agree. uh, I mean, it was a good match, solid, but I mean, what came after is probably what we really want to talk about. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. When all was said and done with the match, um, the elite got together and uh, got on the mic as they usually do after a big, big win on a big, big show. And they had something to reveal. Um, Kenny had this great speech that hinted at the all elite show. The lights went dark. Adam Cole's music hits place goes ballistic absolutely goes ballistic uh he comes down and I think he super kicks the Jurassic Express and uh the elite give the Jurassic Express and Christian the business a little bit more and uh all is happy in wrestling land and wrestling fans in general I mean this was so exciting to finally see the boy the 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 band back together again basically was this a big moment for you Charlie
2: uh, yeah, it, it was it was cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I still kind of I mean, yeah, because Adam Cole's a heel dude, so I'm trying to think. I kind of want him as a face against the Elite, but it it makes no sense for him not to be in the Elite. Yeah, that those are his boys.
3: They've been tight
2: forever, so him coming in as a heel is perfect, especially with with what came after that. But yeah, it's better as a heel. I still fucking it'd be even better with the bucks with those titles but you know i'm sure they got something in the plan plan story-wise to to keep the heat on them but it's it, 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 it's gonna be good dude i mean some of the best shit i ever watched was uh when when they were the when they were running uh bullet club dude um fantastic shit, dude it was just fantastic it was some of the best wrestling I've seen since some of the best stuff that I was really into since ECW was that, was that ring of honor new Japan time. It was, it was interesting. It was good stuff because like I said, whenever they had a show in Chicago, I'd roll down there solo, dude. I didn't miss an episode of ring of honor. I caught all the new Japan stuff that I could. It, it's, it's going to be good because now, plus they have the freedom to do whatever they want to do. They don't have to bounce it off. Uh, What's Gato and New Japan? They ain't got it run it by Cornet or whoever's running Ring of Honor. I Can't remember the guy's name. After Cornette. or um, what's the wrestler's name? Um, oh, Marty Squirrel. Oh, you know No, no, no. He wore a ma- he wore a mask. He was a head booker for Ring of Honor. um exhi- not exhibit. God dang it! I can't remember. I have to Google it. But he- they don't have to run it by that booker. Um, there's another guy who wore a mask. It's in Ring of Honor. If you look it up, I'll look it up.
3: Yeah, while well, ch- while Charlie's looking that up, I I for me this Delirious. Debut, ooh, delirious. 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 Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, Matt.
3: No, I was just gonna add to that. Um yeah, for me this was really cool to see. I the whole arena was almost starting to do yes chants and you could sense that people were expecting Daniel Bryan to come out. And then the lights go out, lights come on, and Adam Cole's music hits and it it was it wasn't a total surprise i think if you're a big fan of AEW you know you've probably heard the rumors you probably knew adam cole was in discussions with them and that his wwe contract had expired but when you're expecting daniel bryan you get adam cole instead it, it's gr- still great like there was nothing bad about it it was still equally exciting it was um, awesome i agree with charlie i think the heel turn was the perfect way to introduce him as a member of the elite and yeah. funny because when he came out i for whatever reason I had forgotten that I was expecting him to challenge Kenny Omega because that's sort of how Kenny Omega had teed it up with the speech he had given just beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. But then we see him super kick jungle boy and hug the young bucks. They're like kissing him on the cheek. It it was great. Um, and immediately you knew, yeah, this is where he belongs. This totally makes sense. And instantly he felt like he should be at the top of the card. So a perfect way to debut Adam Cole. Right.
2: Yeah. The, yeah. The whole kiss on the cheek is
3: like, I ki- call kissing on the cheeks a
2: great thing because it's like the thing they would do to piss off fans. And then um, when they kicked him out of Bullet Club, when he was going to EW, he was knocked out. So he lifted his head up and kissed him on the cheek. Goodbye. It was just it's just it's just everything they do. is perfect. It's all inter interconnected, intertwined. I know you guys don't watch being the elite, but if you can watch being the elite this week, it's totally worth it. It's really good, dude. It's. It's really good. Nice. I, it's it's just funny. It's fifteen minutes. It's funny. It's fuck. There's good shit in it. It's worth the watch. I highly recommend it. I've been watching the last few weeks, but this week is good because you get the Adam Cole shit and a lot of stuff with that. And the whole they have a whole seance to bring him back is just fucking funny,
1: dude. It's just funny. One <laughs> other thing that was funny was uh, Kenny Omega and Steve Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> that was good. That was so good. <laughs> sit back so and if, if he sticks I... with that, that if he sticks with that and doesn't overuse it and overkill it, I think that is money. That is brilliant. <laughs> it kind of plays in the Don Callis, like unapologetic, no ownership for any underhandings. Yeah. And Kenny Omega, <laughs> the if he can use that little phrase like when he does something really mischievous, like into the camera it'll just be so good oh i can't wait so shout out to steve urkel jaleel white and um (laughs) yeah after so when we thought that was the big reveal i mean pretty much everybody thought daniel bryan was a lock i mean it was going all over the interwebs that daniel would be here music hits flight of the Valkyrie hits and remixes to what charlie said a harlem heat kind of beat he yep. comes out. He's wearing this top knot ponytail. He looks actually in good shape. Way better. Oh shape yeah, he does. Then uh, may- maybe they cut catering a little earlier in WWE <laughs> because I <laughs> well, thought he before was... he looks sickly, and now he looks, uh, you know, like he actually got out in the sun. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. yeah. So... Well, you know, he's been off for a while. You
1: know that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that. Oh stop man. trying to sandbag me this episode, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we know this. This is keep the kayfabe, man. No. Um yeah, I this was an awesome way to follow up. So yeah, Mike, kinda like you were talking about, um, you know, after Adam Cole's debut, he's clearly a member of the elite. Kenny Omega goes all full heel on the crowd. And you know you can't end a show like that in AEW at least. If it were WWE that'd right. be a different story. That's you know, the status quo. But thankfully, as Kenny Omega's about to wish the crowd good night. We hear, like Mike said, Fly the Valkyries hits, remix music. Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Brian Danielson comes walking out looking like a fit vegan Brock Lesnar. Um, he <laughs> runs down to the ring and just cleans house, starts hitting people with yes kicks, uh, the double knees. We get to see all the greatest hits from Daniel Bryan. He then teams up with uh, the Jurassic Express, which personally, if he did align with them and, you know, it kind of sort of became the fourth or Fifth or whatever member of that stable that he ends up being, I think it's a good first step for him in AEW. I think those guys can learn a lot from Daniel Bryan. He has a really similar style to them. He's yeah. clearly going to be a baby face. I mean, I can't imagine Daniel Bryan as a heel, um, even though we have no. seen it in the past. I just think he works much better as a face. It's very believable. At this point, it has to stay that way. Yeah, exactly. So I was really excited to see it—a double debut at the end of a pay-per-view from you know. That's, cra- yeah, that's crazy that's crazy. Just yeah. unreal. Like uh, when in wrestling history has that ever happened before. Nowhere, dude.
2: I can't think of can you? Two big reveals like that. I can't I can't think of it. You usually get one and you're so jacked, and it's like you get the, right. the well really the one that was so totally surprising was Adam Cole. That was the one I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, Adam Cole, like, oh shit. Because you knew Daniel was coming, but but it's like, damn, bro. That was fucking, that right. was intense. That was intense. Intense.
1: It's almost like, it's like we're watching a promotion where they give the fans what they yeah, want. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It truly exactly. is. And it's like, it yeah. like, it's like, yeah, it's just cherry on the Sunday. Yeah.
1: That's crazy.
2: It's just, yeah, it's just nuts that it's this good. Like I say it too, you know, it's like what ECW, hopefully it, would, it was. Uh, Guy with money who's willing to spend the money, who's willing to book shit, do shit right. And he's got a good, got, they got a really good chance to do some shit. Even a guy that knows I'm a wrestling fan kind of makes fun of me for being a wrestling fan. And the gym was like, hey, what's this AEW stuff? You know, he had, he heard about it and he's not like a, a wrestling dude. He listen he hasn't listened, he hasn't watched wrestling since he was a kid, you know, but he had heard about AEW, you know, so that's, that's pretty good, dude.
4: Yeah. You get a gap, yeah, I can. they got they're on they got you know coverage on Sports, Illust- Sports Illustrated, ESPN. They're getting coverage. Uh, Brian Alvarez wrote an article for Sports Illustrated. Uh, oh recently. wow! It was just wow. published today. Yeah, I talking about
2: I wonder if Mike's buddy Glenn helped him.
4: Oh, probably <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, you Thanks gotta get for that. listening, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Member number one of the focus group for sure. Um, no, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's true though that AEW is building buzz. Um, I was telling these guys a story. I think on our way down to All Out this past weekend, um, about Becky, my fiance. One of her coworkers used to be really into pro wrestling growing up, and she hasn't watched it in years. Like most people, she kind of fell off in her teenage years. But she was asking questions about, well, who's wrestling nowadays that I might know? And I mentioned Chris Jericho, and you know, for anyone who's ever watched wrestling, you probably know who Chris Jericho is so right away she starts asking questions I mentioned that you know it's his last match if he loses you know that's the stipulation he has to retire and next thing I know she's got a text thread going with you know several of her friends who used to watch wrestling and still do some of them um So right away you get that buzz, like you mentioned names like Chris Jericho, and all you got to do is tell people, you know, it's it's legitimately good. Like back, you know, like late nineties, like that kind of feeling, that kind of buzz, that kind of anticipation, it's back. So it truly is exciting, and it's great to hear that folks like Brian Alvarez are writing articles for Sports Illustrated. Like there's truly real momentum behind this, and we saw that with a double debut of two former WWE stars, like people that are even not maybe casual viewers might know. Like
2: you got to say, like Brian was obviously one of the top stars that, that wasn't homegrown that grew that they tried to keep down. And Adam Cole was arguably one of the best NXT guys ever. I mean, you could argue other names, but he was one of the best ever, dude. He's, he's in your, he's in your top three, in my opinion.
1: Most definitely. Um, And Danielson did say, say something at the end when the camera shut off the reason he was there was because of all the work that was put in by the people there who started aew from day one uh from all in all the way to current day um it's because they built this great great foundation and now they're just adding these big huge pieces to the company that is just going to take it to the next level and um yeah you guys are right it's uh it's major momentum behind it and it is a legit movement and um yeah vince better watch his back because i think tony khan is going to be on the cover of some wrestling magazines real soon here If not, yeah, i think he's once so, has tony
2: khan been booker of the year the last two years i know last year he was do you know nice. if it's the last two years matt do you know if he won book you that these two. real awards is it too not that they're real awards or anything yeah. but still it's still momentum yeah <laughs> yeah but it's not bruce pitchard right <laughs> oh god
1: <laughs> yeah all right, so there's only um, the records to be reviewed yet. Uh, the AEW records do mean something, and they do mean something here. Uh, the current champ is Charlie Michael. He is currently the king booker, and we will see if he remains on top. But we're going to save that till after promo of the week. So. Oh this promo of the week comes to us from texas from akim with an a not hakim he <laughs> submitted a great promo from the iron Sheik from september 1st 1984 when he was with wwf and he's with um mean gene oakland so let's take a listen to hear what old Sheiky has to say
0: the federation is back title defense for the heavyweight champion hulk hogan challenger Cowboy Bob Orton in a return Bob from Madison Square Garden. Andre the Giant to meet the Iron Cheek. And this time, Fred Blassie to be the referee. Come on in, if you would, please, Iron Cheek. Before I talk about your match with the eighth wonder of the world, Andre, welcome to America. Welcome to, as we say, the Big Apple. Well, Gene, I can't say you're last and very good, uh, Mr. Gene O'Callier, but I prefer to call you just Gene. I just want to tell you, Gene... Thank you very much. To uh, you, uh, welcome. Give me, and I wanna. If you don't mind, I'd like to speak a little bit for thousand, thousand Iranian people and Arabian people in the in the New York City. I just wanna say, Salam alaikum, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, Ashhadu Muhammad al ilaha al Muhammadur Rasulullah. Andre the Giant. I'm very, I'm very curious. Before I talk about Andre the Giant, what specifically is Iran known for? Well, you know, uh, Iran, they know by oil, wrestling, carpet, pistachio, carpet? Uh, <laughs> pistachio, anything you name Let me say something about that under the giant. Mr. John, last time you was lucky, you had the American referee. But this time is my manager. Uh, I uh, mean, uh, uh, Ayatollah Blasi. Oh, no, 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 referee. That's right. This time they bring a uh, terrible shooter. They call him uh, Farad Blasi. Under the giant, this time, we have two surprises for you. First of all, that Iranian boots... Oh, oh, that's illegal. That's right, that's illegal. That Iranian boots, I have surprise for you. The second surprise is Ayatollah Blassi going to be the referee. Under the giant... We are Blassie, the Giant, this Friday night, you fans. You wouldn't want to miss an Andre the at the Iron
1: the We've gotten some crazy ones over the last couple weeks, boys. But um uh, what can you say about Iron Sheik? Then, now, forever,
4: crazy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well said, Steve. Not sure I can add too much to that. I mean, like you said, the guy's a legend. Then, now, forever. Sheiky and... baby. Yeah.
1: Smokes a lot of herb too. Yeah, like to him and, get high and, him and go on Twitter.
4: Well
1: <laughs> oh oh him God. And Hack,
2: him and Hacksaw got busted smoking oh, weed.
4: Oh yeah. When they were back when back oh, yeah. when heels and faces should be yep. seen together and they got arrested yep. together.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. They were rolling down the road. They got a lot of stories. Alright. So the moment you've all been waiting for, the records, and who will be King Booker. So I did the worst. Um, I did oh, wow. I we were uh, tied. six wins, six wins, three losses. I was at the bottom, uh, followed by the next two people, uh, Charlie and Steve were tied at seven and two. Oh, and damn. King Booker, new champion, Matt Michelson.
3: Oh, How man. How do you feel,
1: Matt? What's Matt what was Matt's what was his record? Eight and one. Eight and one. One oh, dropped one.
3: Yeah. The I'm only so one I think then. I, the only one I think I got incorrect was the casino battle Royale. Cause I had picked Ty oh, so it, yep. that. Yeah. And, and I had a hunch Ruby Soho was going to be the Joker. And I think we talked about that last week, but even then I was like, I don't know that they'd push her that quickly. Um, But in hindsight, you know, it's kind of like I said earlier on the night, it made sense. So I'm not disappointed at all. We had a great weekend of wrestling. I mean, it was one of the best wrestling pay-per-views of all the time. So quite frankly, whatever. Um, But I am proud to be King Booka um, on top of the podcast for at least the next foreseeable future. And all I want to say is uh, first time watching wrestling, huh, Charlie?
2: Ha! Well, I, I took, I took, I took. What I took two chances. I was only one behind you. You might, you might want to stay up to date, buddy. I took two dark horses, and still, and still was on your tail. You were,
3: you were. I, I'll give you that.
1: Well, I think uh, Matt, what you should really be offering uh, Charlie is a little piece of advice: is to stay humble, <laughs> stay hungry. <laughs> And stay hard, Triple
0: H. Triple
1: H. Woo! Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and like us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Peace.
0: Woo. (laughs) Bye. <laughs>